This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 146. It is January 12th. I'm Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover. And on today's show, we're talking NFL coaching carousel. Handful of teams have cleaned house on Black Monday. They're looking anew, changing directions. We're hitting that, going into it. And then, of course, previewing NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. We got a few great games on the slate. Got to touch those, and we're going to wrap it up with some NBA cap or no cap and real talk. Let's do it. Black Monday has come and gone. And we've seen a handful of head coach and GM openings come about in the NFL. Jackson, start with one of them that stands out to you the most. What was the biggest head scratcher, double taker of the bunch? Well, there's one that's far and away the worst firing. Some of them made a lot of sense. And when you say handful, I mean, shit, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That is including Urban and Gruden, though. That is a handful. A very, very large handful. I think it's Flores, though. I think that's got to be the worst firing. I mean, the guy went on, what, an eight-game winning streak and almost willed that team back into the playoffs that looked miserable the first half of the season? That's got to count for something, right? And I, I didn't I didn't love the management of Tua. I think he, he might have messed Tua up pretty bad with the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're in, you're out, you're pulled, you're kind of our guy, you're not really our guy. Maybe we're trading for Deshaun, maybe you're not, but... That's all not on Flores. You know, some of that's coming from above him, probably even as high as ownership. And I, I don't know, man, I, I like Miami a lot and have had high hopes for them. I've tried to jump on the bandwagon, but it yeah, they just look like kind of a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, Flores appeared to be the best coach that got fired. Maybe lump Mike Zimmer in there as well. Yeah. Um, we heard all along the Miami owner wanted Deshaun Watson. Well, just this past week, I heard Flores himself also kind of wanted Watson. That shows me that he didn't really believe in Tua. So it sounds like it was a relationships thing that went wrong there. It wasn't due to his coaching ability. I mean, yeah, the guy's a damn good coach. There's going to be a lot of people that are very eager to get him in the building and see if they can lock him down. Absolutely. And the Bears... The next team I want to talk about, I think they're potentially a good spot for Flores. Not totally sure. I kind of think they should go with an offensive-minded coach since they have a young quarterback. But the people making the hiring decisions there appear to be clueless. They've pissed off the whole entire fan base. George McCaskey is the son of Virginia McCaskey, who's 99. He's just a mess. He's got an accountant, Ted Phillips, making these decisions with him. They just seem kind of clueless. What do you think they should do here? I mean, if they're as clueless as you say they are, then Flores would make a ton of sense. It's like, hey, we just (laughs) watched how bad he messed up Tua over two years. Let's have him do it to Fields. Um, I think someone offensive-minded... There's a lot of directions you could go. I mean, the enemy's kind of cooled off on the market, but I think he could make a lot of sense with fields. And honestly, wherever I go, I would really base that higher off who I think is going to be the best fit for the offense and field specifically, because you got to score points to win. Chicago's had a great defense the last decade plus for the most part, and it hadn't resulted in a ton. I mean, you had the one Rex Grossman Super Bowl, but that's 
that's it. Yeah, they're rejoicing that Pace and Nagy are gone. They interviewed Doug Peterson today, I believe. And uh, Brian Dayball of the Buffalo Bills was on the shortlist as well. I think that one makes a lot of sense because of the way Josh Allen's used in that Buffalo offense. Agreed. Similar, similar weapon there. Does he command the room? I'm not totally sure. But if you could bring in a Vic Fangio who came from Chicago to be the defensive coordinator. Now we're talking. I think that's something the fans would really get behind, get excited about, and could potentially turn things around there. Yeah, I think Fangio would be a home run defensive coordinator higher. He's got to be the number one name on the market there. And then Flores, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, yeah, a DC position for him would also be a massive home run. I like the Brian Daybaugh uh, mention a lot. I think that would make sense just from like you're saying what he did with Allen. I'm interested to see what happens with Doug Peterson because I know Miami's pretty interested in him as well. I heard Jacksonville he played as well. there. Yeah, he's a hot name right now. He played his cards uh, pretty darn well by sitting out last year and now getting back into the uh, the market. I don't know. He might be the domino that kind of starts everything else. He might be the hire that gets everything going, and then all of a sudden we've got five new coaches within 48 hours. Yeah, I'm rooting for him to get a second chance. He certainly deserves one after winning a Super Bowl. And it sounds like they're Roseman and them. Yeah. They were they were a disaster. I don't think that was a Peterson thing. I think that was management and ownership. Yeah, it was an alignment issue, which another thing, another reason why the Bears fans are mad. I mean, they're bringing in Bill Polian to help make this call. Wait, are they really? Yes. I've been a little bit out of the loop this week. I've been super busy. Bill Polian, old man at like 89 year years old that said Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver on national television. They're consulting him because that they sounds think, awesome. They think he is a go-to. And the other thing is, Peterson had this disalignment with Philly. They're interviewing GMs and coaches at the same time. For them to do that, it sounds like it would be another catastrophe for Peterson. You need these people to be in agreement with each other. Hands down. I, that's just how this works if you want to be successful. So yeah, hope they figure it point. out. Another name that I heard floated around, and this came, I think I saw this on Twitter like two hours ago, Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for Buffalo. I saw that he's been getting some traction with teams. Do you think that they might lose Dayball and Frazier? Because that would really suck. Yeah, I, I think it's a possibility that both go i think it's a possibility that neither one of them do i think one for sure is gone i mean i we'll see what buffalo looks like if they go get spanked by the patriots this week then maybe not but if they win a couple games here i'd like to think that one or both will likely be moving on to greener pastures with a bigger role and a whole lot more money in their pockets yep um one more before i ask you to rank these the Mm -hmm. raiders Rich Basakia makes the playoffs. He's staying. He's getting the job. Win, win or lose, he's staying. He's got to. I mean, they went through arguably one of the most dramatic up and down seasons that I can remember in my lifetime of football. And somehow they made it to the playoffs with little to no talent on the offensive side of the football. They blew up their line. Gruden just freaking nuked the O-line, got rid of everyone, and they looked Pretty darn questionable coming into the year. You got a quarterback in Derek Carr. That's a massive question mark. People love to clown him on the internet. And then you've got a speedster in Ruggs, 
Oh, never mind. He's gone. No longer on the team. Massive tragedy. And then you've got your other pass catcher that's supposed to be reliable in Waller, and he misses most of the season with injury. So Derek Carr is out there throwing to Hunter Renfro, turning him into a star. He and is then a also hitting <laughs> Deshaun Jackson and Zay Jones and Brian Edwards. And somehow Pit Boss Rich is keeping this all together and they're still winning. I mean, I, I think you got to give him the job for at least like two years. Two or three year contract, maybe at least, right? I don't know what to make of it. He, he doesn't look like a head coach when the camera flashes to him. I guess it doesn't no. matter if you're winning games, though. So he seems like he's got the locker room, though. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing. I'm glad I'm not making that decision there because I think it is very delicate, and it could I'd go... love to make that decision. I would happily give Pit Boss Rich a couple years and say, hey. We're not going to go crazy and give you a six or seven year deal yeah, like you all have these to pay dumbass teams are. I give him like two years, five mil a year, two years, 10 million total. I think he'd be thrilled. And what? It doesn't work out. Oh, no, I lose 10 million. Who cares? Okay, last thing. The Jaguars mm-hmm. interviewed Alabama offensive coordinator, much maligned former Houston Texans coach, Bill O'Brien. I saw this. I actually... Part of me no, thinks no, no. Here's the thing. Here's no, the thing. No, no. He got that Texans team to the playoffs almost every single year. Things went bad whenever he assumed the GM role as well. Correct. Okay. Here's the thing. If Deshaun Watson plays this year, they probably would have been just fine. Realistically, they won what four or five games without him. They're probably 500 or better if he plays. So I don't think it's like oh the Texans. Are I'm so playing miserable. devil's advocate. I'm not saying this is a great. De- idea but if i'm jacksonville i would not touch bill o'brien with a 10-foot pole i wouldn't even want to be attached to him because the biggest thing that ended his time it it, with the texans was the the i don't know what do you want to call it uh like the character question marks the interaction with players the way he treated them and talked to them i don't think you want to go that route a guy that's got question marks by his character after just having a guy with an unlimited amount of question marks and it it didn't work out well. So I don't think I'd go down that route again. All right. So if you were the owner making one of these hires, what would go into your decision-making criteria for a head coaching role here? What makes it actually, if you're on the other side of things, if you're the coach, what makes these jobs the most attractive to you? If I'm a coach, a quarterback, quarterback, number one, number one, Number one priority over bad ownership. I was going to say right up there with it is ownership. If we have an owner with a decent head on his shoulders, that isn't a crazy micromanaging freak. And we have a relatively young and promising quarterback. If you get those two things, take the job. I would, that's all I need to hear. Everything else, you figure it out. Having a lot of assets, draft capital, that's nice. Um, having reliable coordinators that are proven and have been there, whether well, you're, you're probably bringing, bringing your own your or there, some of them are already there. Yeah, I guess at this point, most guys bring their staff. But <laughs> you, you got to have good support. If you're just trying to piece together a team and go into a barren wasteland of Jacksonville or something where the ownership's not great, and of all of the open gigs, I would not want to go to Jacksonville. I would not want to go to the Giants. I would not want to go to... Uh, I'd go to the Bears. I'd go to the Bears. I'd go to the Broncos. Rank I'd them go for to the me. Dolphins. All right. Rank the coaches or rank the openings? Rank the openings from most to least desirable. Okay. Most desirable opening. If 
pit boss rich does not stay it's got to be the raiders i mean how, Why? how often could you say you're walking into an open coaching spot for a playoff team i don't think that ever happens so that's number one number two so you I believe in stay, Derek carr i actually do all right next one. i actually do i've seen him uh, enough game winning crazy how get the that fuck on the did record. that just happen drives i do i do uh number two i think it would be miami I think they have a lot of young talent. Whether you think Tua is the answer or not, you can move on. You can flip them. You've got some draft capital. You have flexibility, and they're close enough over the last few seasons where you're not just building it from the ground up. Realistically, you bring in decent staff. You draft well. A couple key free agent signings back in the playoffs next year. Next would be Minnesota. I don't love Kirk Cousins, but I think... You have a really good fan base. You've got pretty solid ownership, and there's a good infrastructure there where they've won a lot. They're always relevant. They're not the Giants or someone like that. They just have this this stain of meh around them. So I go there next, then probably the Bears. I think ownership, like you said, questionable, but you've got a young, talented quarterback and a good defense. They seem to be patient. That is a win. Yeah, they put up with Nagy for a while. If you're a coach, hey. Yeah. After there, I go Denver. I think that wow, having a that new, far down. Yeah, I mean, you've got a new owner. You don't really have a quarterback. The defense They're about to get bought, decent. actually. I think they actually did. Like I think that might have gone through today. And so that's why new ownership, uh, that, that could be a positive, that could be a negative. I don't know. If they want to come in and spend and they're aggressive and you know, wanna wanna get the big free agents and it could be good, or you know, maybe they're really aggressive and not very patient, and they don't know what they're doing. And after one season of going 500, they get antsy and fire you. I believe they are for sale. Elway and Peyton Manning are trying to get in as minority owners. Ooh, that would be interesting. I don't know. What do you think about Elway at this point? Because I'm starting to wonder if he just got I, lucky I with Peyton and he's been. I don't really have many thoughts on him. I think he's kind of transitioned to a into a different role. Okay. And I think that's a good thing. That's what I'll say. Fair enough. I mean, Denver, it's not a bad spot. Like the next ones I'm about to name are rough, but I mean, just with the question mark by ownership and then the fact that there's no plan for a QB and a weak draft class this year. So next I'm probably going to go with the giants just because it's New York. It's a big market. Yeah, that's about the only positives I think I can come up with. Um, you got any others I'm missing? Where did you put the Jags? They're last. So your number one criteria is a quarterback, and the Jags go last. This is why I asked. I said it's up there with ownership. Okay. The ownership's as bad as it can get, and I'm still not head over heels for Trevor Lawrence. Of the rookies, there are multiple other guys I like better. I know he looked good against the Colts in a Week 18 game, but that's about the only only flashes I've seen this season where I thought, ah, yeah, he's got it. That That's what everyone saw at Clemson. The rest of the season, I thought that he might not work out. Yeah, I think it's an institutional problem there in Jacksonville, but the Lawrence we saw this past weekend is more reflective of what he'll be going forward in my eyes. Maybe he Maybe. was he was not set up for success whatsoever. So you get a good mind in there. I think they have a chance, but I'm going to shed light on the Giants real quick. I Please actually do. 
So I think they're the bleakest franchise. But now that they cleaned house, I don't feel that way anymore. If you're going to bring back Gettleman and Judge and Daniel Jones and try to do whatever the hell it was you tried to do yeah, this past season again, wasn't gonna come happen. on now. That is I, disgusting. Right. Now, if I can go to John Mara and say, where are you at with Daniel Jones? Am I free to move on from him? Am I free to try to trade and get somebody else? But Russell Wilson, build, potentially. You build everything from the ground up there, and they spent a lot of money in free agency on guys like Kenny Galladay that did nothing, nothing. So you're not walking into the greatest position from a cap standpoint and a talent standpoint, and I just don't know. I mean, you got to figure out a quarterback. You hope Saquon can stay healthy then everything else, what the hell do you do? You have the Bears' first-round pick this year and the fifth pick in the draft. So, I don't know. I th- I think it would be a kind of desirable job. If I get the okay that I can move on from Daniel Jones, I might go to New York because, like the Bears, it also seems to be a very patient organization they said they're very upset with how things have gone. It's the lowest of lows. I mean, yeah, they kept Coughlin around forever and gave Judge probably a season too long. Right. So I'd push back there. Enough of that. Let's talk about real football. Super wild card weekend is just around the corner. I want to start with what is the most intriguing matchup to you this weekend? Call me a psychopath for this, but the Bengals and the Raiders. I don't know why, but I am pumped for that game. Wow. What about it? Well, I think the Bengals legitimately have a shot. Just looking at how it shakes down, if they win that game, there's a very good chance they play Tennessee. If they play Tennessee, I think that they get the dub. I don't trust the Titans, and I think whoever winds up playing them in the second round is going to be in a favorable position. I'm not always a huge fan of the first round by I know they haven't been super healthy but you've got Derrick Henry coming back that's going to change things in the offense and you finally have AJ Brown and Julio there which in theory should make them a lot better but I watched them play games early in the season where they didn't really have it figured out and it's not like they've had any chance to practice together or get on the same page and I just think there's a lot of moving parts with guys that have been in and out of the lineup and I don't trust them. They've been fluky. They lost games to Well, they don't the play Jets this weekend. I know they don't play this weekend. That's why I'm excited about the Bengals, because I think they will move on if they win this game. I think there's a chance we look up, and they're in the AFC Championship. All right. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. You're hammering that? No. That's too many points. I like them, but five-and-a-half, man, that's tough. Okay, Raiders well, you sneaky. You gave Rich a lot of love. I'm convinced you have a little belief in them and wouldn't be stunned if the Raiders pulled out the victory. No, I think it'll be a pretty darn good game. I mean, they played, what, three, four weeks ago and it was a three-point game? Okay. My pick is easily Bill's Patriots. I did not expect that. thought you were going to go with your cowgirls. I mean, that goes without saying. So I had to freshen it up here. Okay. Two great games already this season. Completely different conditions in each. Belichick's already won in Buffalo in that weirdo game. I think this is going to be closer than the last meeting. Going to come down to the wire. Can Mac Jones make a couple big plays in the fourth quarter? I don't think so. I don't think he's ready yet. I think the Bills squeak it out. But this is going to be the marquee game of the weekend. It's definitely going to be a good one. 
And I'm curious, like you were saying, to see what happens if it is a close game in the fourth quarter, because we've seen it time and time again this year. Every time the Patriots play a team that is quote unquote better than them, they give them their best shot. It comes down to the wire. And then for whatever reason, it seems like Bill doesn't trust Mac and whether it's trying to kick a 59 yard field goal or running the ball on fourth down instead of throwing it or punting it with two minutes left and three timeouts, hoping your defense can get a stop, whatever it is, he has not put the ball in Mac's hands. And I think he's going to have to. And like you were saying, it's going to come down to whether or not Mac can make the play. Who's the biggest winner of the weekend? Biggest winner of the weekend, I think is the 49ers. I think the 49ers beat the Cowboys. They get a lot of momentum and they have a potential matchup against the Packers in the second round who they've owned in the playoffs the last few years. So, I think they got to be feeling pretty good if they get a win, which I think they will. Little upset victory. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're playing familiar opponents in the playoffs that you've beaten before. You're back at maybe full strength. If they can get Trent Williams back and Jimmy G, the thumb, hand, whatever, the webbing in his hand, whatever it is, if that can get healed up and those two guys are right, eh, I wouldn't want to see San Francisco. The easy answer is the Chiefs and the Bucks playing against probably the two worst quarterbacks in the playoffs. I was going to throw the Rams in there as well. I know you have a little faith in the Cardinals, but the Rams are 9-1 in their last 10 straight up against this team. They, well, like only three of those really matter. They are my Buffalo Bills of the NFC. You don't believe in Buffalo. I don't believe in Arizona whatsoever. I think Rams roll them here. Um, I'm with you, though, with San Francisco. Very scared for Dallas. I think they got the worst draw of it all. Agreed. This 49ers team should be able to run on them. That kind of busts the Cowboys all apart, keeps the offense off the field. I don't like it whatsoever. And yes, I think they could go into Green Bay and win in the second round. Shanahan owns the floor. Yep, I'm with you. And I'm looking at the uh, matchup with the Cardinals and the Rams. So... The winner of that game's probably going to get Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens. A lot can move around, but I think either of them can beat the Bucs. I don't really know what to think of them at this point because I'm expecting whoever they play, I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to double Mike Evans and they're going to take <laughs> away Gronk. Okay. And I don't know if Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden and- are going to triple gronk fuck i mean double gonna single mike evans and maybe shade someone over there i don't know whatever it is they are going to focus on those two guys and i just don't know if the rest of the playmakers are enough for Jaylen brady Ramsey at this on point that's gonna be a fun matchup cool. double gronk would with other be people. a fun matchup yeah but i think if the cardinals get it done bucks won't be able to hang with them i think cardinals put up too many points and kyler would give them fits hmm Okay. Um, so we've already jumped on a few of these. Yeah. One thing I do want to ask you, you mentioned the chiefs. I think everyone in the entire world just assumes this is an automatic victory. Did you hear that big Ben presser today? He said, we don't have a chance. Yeah. I watched the full thing and he was like, yeah, we're probably the worst team in the playoffs. We don't really deserve to be here. We squeaked in. We haven't been that good. And, uh, well, yeah, we, we shouldn't win. We don't deserve to. We're not the better team. And I was like, man, this is taking the whole nobody believes in us to a whole new level. This is the we don't believe in us. But maybe it works, dude. That gave me a, that gave me a weird feeling of like, 
shit, maybe the Steelers just go out there loose and Big Ben actually throws the ball down the field and they just say, screw it. Yeah, he's getting out ahead of it because everyone's just riding them off. I think it'll be closer than the first game at Arrowhead. I mean, how could it not? I know. Yeah, I think it'll be Harry. Chiefs pull it out early fourth quarter. So, yes, mildly concerned. Not really, though. Um, Last scenario, if Dallas does win, they'll Mm -hmm. go to Tampa for a rematch of the season opener. I think that would be great from a neutral viewer perspective as well. And not really sure sure? what would happen. Yeah. If Dallas wins... Yeah, the, the Rams and the Cardinals two. are both below them. Yeah, you're right. You're Rams right. Cardinals winner would go to Green Bay. Interesting. So it'll either be the Cowboys playing Tampa Bay or the winner of Rams Cardinals. Right. And should the Chiefs win, they will likely play the Bills or the Bengals. Yep. Yep. Interesting. And then it's going to be either the Bengals or the Patriots probably going to Tennessee. Right. I'm excited. Three days of playoff football, and we got a three-day weekend. Oh, forgot about the three-day weekend. Yep, we got Monday off, and we got a Monday night game. Okay. Speaking of Monday night games, the national championship happened. Give me 30 seconds on it. I didn't even work late. Didn't get to watch the first three quarters. Turned it on at 9 to 6. Turned it on at 9 to 6. It's all the the action. Yeah, I mean, found out that Bama, um, can't even remember his name, their number three receiver, that was the number one receiver. Jameson Williams? Jameson Williams, yep. He got hurt early. And yeah, it it just, it was not that entertaining. I mean, tip my cap to Stetson Bennett for that throw. Big catch over the middle, non-contact. You knew it immediately. I mean, it was Uh, one of those, oh, his knee just buckled. Feel bad for the kid. He transferred from Ohio State, had a monster year, and that was his moment. Um, but Will Anderson and Bryce Young will be back at Alabama next year. Chalk them up for a national championship victory. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see the Saban thing? The press conference at the end when uh, yeah. he was like, ah, oh, these guys, they they did so much for the team and all that. I was like, yeah, Saban has his moments. He can yeah, be he, likable every once in a while. He looks like maybe he hung out with Aaron Rodgers this offseason, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Just a little more lighthearted, easy going. Taylor Swift. Living in the moment. All right. Anything else on uh, national championship, NFL stuff, any other football? Nah, man. Let's talk hoop. Let's do it. It has been a long time coming. Yeah, we're doing some cap or no cap. Everybody's favorite segment. Catching you guys up on the NBA. Catching up ourselves because there's been COVID here and there. Kyrie Irving's back. He's playing tonight against the Chicago Bulls. The NBA is wild this year. Um, I'm going to start with my first one. All right, let's hear it. Cap or no cap? Franz Wagner should be a top three rookie of the year finisher if the season ended today. Wow, if the season ended today. So he'd definitely be up there. You've got him, you've got Mobley, you've got Barnes, you've got Cade. Jalen Green isn't isn't making it. Um, yeah, probably probably no cap. I think he's he's two, three, or four. He's he's probably number three. Yeah, I'll give it to you. No cap. He's he's definitely top five. How crazy is that, man? He I was leads, dead wrong about him. He leads all rookies in points per game. 
down there for the lowly Orlando Magic. But yeah, I put him like early 20s on my board because I wanted to be edgy in case he missed. I was totally I wrong. Miss. Yeah, Completely I was Completely wrong. I will say I don't think that he'll finish on like a all rookie first team or anything. Oh, I do. The, the Magic 100%. have had a, a lot of injuries, and I think that as you get guys like Jonathan Isaac back, just mm. naturally his minutes are going to dwindle a little bit. He's playing 32 a night. I think uh, that's going to go down to more like 25, 26 on an average basis the second half of the season. I'd be stunned we'll see, if he didn't make all rookie first team. Wagner, Giddy, Kate Mobley, is there. Barnes. Cade's going to be on there. He's putting up like 16, 6, and 6. Okay. So Wagner, Cade, Mobley, Barnes, Giddy. I mean, that's, that's damn near there? your top five. Suggs yeah. has been injured. Green yeah. missed a stretch, been inefficient. Agreed. Duarte's been solid. Uh, after that, I mean, we're talking Herb Jones. Yeah, that, that five sounds right to me. Pretty good class so far, but Franz Wagner, we were both wrong. He's been killing. Yeah, hoping to see a little bit more from Davion. He's kind of been up and down offensively, and he's had really good stretches on defense and some highlight plays, but then also sometimes he gets a bigger guy switched onto him and gets bullied a little bit, which... I didn't think we'd see as much, but teams have kind of exposed him a little bit in recent weeks. Yeah, still too early on him. I mean, I'd like to see them trade Fox, go Halliburton, Mitchell in the backcourt, and start fresh. But anyways, what you got for me? balled when Fox was out, man. Halliburton was really good. Like 22, 23 a night, 6, 7 yeah. assists, 6, 7 boards. Usage real way deal. up. The real deal. All right. First one I got here, cap or no cap, Clay Thompson will be just as good as he was three years ago pre-injury. Hmm. <laughs> um, hey, I'm going to go no cap. Uh, like, I don't think it's going to be instant. He but... looked really good, though. Like, he was yamming on dudes in, like, his first yeah. 10 minutes out there. Give it a month or two. Clay will be back to his old ways. Kevin Durant came off a major injury. His scraggly bones and body, I mean, he's totally fine. <laughs> Granted, he's one of the five best players of all time. Clay can do it too. He's worked hard. To, he's rehabbed. He's ready. He's in a great system that caters to his strengths. Yeah, they're not asking him to defend the same guys that he normally does. I think that will come with time. They're throwing Gary Payton on people, Wiggins, Draymond. He's fine. He's going to knock down shots. He's already spacing the floor for them. He's got guys hugging him from the Cavs, from the Grizzlies, these first two games. Yep. Clay Thompson is back. Let's go. All right. I'm with it 100%. I hope that's where you were going to go. What do you got next? All right. This is a two-parter. All right. The... Scorching hot Memphis Grizzlies will have mm-hmm. 20 million in cap room this offseason and can make more if they'd like. Signing Miles Bridges will make them a legitimate title contender next year. Man, Miles Bridges. I don't know if he is the piece. I like him a lot. Great energy would be pretty damn fun to watch with john a lot of those guys <laughs> how much do you think they got to pay him though because i'm wondering if he might be like 
25 mil plus a year. I was thinking, yeah, 24, 25 around there. No matter what they do with that cap space, as long as they spend it semi-wisely, yeah, I'll go no cap. They got to be in title contention next year. I think they're going to be either the three, four, or five seed in the West this year. And I kind of penciled them in as a playoff team before the season started. I think they're legit. No cap. All right. Yeah, I just think that signing would be a It'd be fun. Like That pick and roll. Yeah, and the thing is, they could throw Adams to the bench if they're playing a team with someone like Jokic or Embiid. They could start Adams, you know? Yeah. And then maybe you sit a Brooks or Bain, slide down, start Jaron because he means so much for them defensively. I think you throw Bridges out there with Brooks, you know, Jaron, Bridges, Jaw. Brooks, Jaw, and then who is the other you had? Bain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like that. Bain, that is a Jaw, very Brooks, Bridges, Triple J. Yeah, that's a damn good squad. That's an energetic squad, a team that can shoot it. Jaws jumper has developed this year. Jaron Jackson, I believe in. He's not shooting efficiently, but it will come from downtown. That team He's would still talk, coming back from injury, too. That team would talk a lot of shit and bring it every night. Yeah, it's cool to see Jaw really rep Memphis and be kind of, you know, like even running his mouth a little bit about that and like our city and this and that and giving oh, yeah. little kids a hard time about wearing a Steph jersey in their arena. Like, I feel like what had so much appeal to the NBA way back in the day was like there were the bitter rivalries and like Nick Celtics, you know, the New York Boston type vibe. And I feel like a lot of that's kind of faded and a lot of nice guys and stuff. So it's cool to see the dudes really rep, rep yeah. their city, Jersey rep their hometown, in. and yeah, get it, get a little nasty about it. I mean, you saw LeBron chipping at uh, Desmond Bain the other night. Like, yeah. They were getting under his skin, but they're doing this. They're waxing the Lakers. They whooped up the Warriors last night. They're really out here beating everybody. I mean, they beat your sons a week or two we ago. We split with them. Yeah, we split with them, but they're no joke. Yeah. Um, since Thanksgiving, first in net rating, defensive rating, win percentage, rebound, barely lost. Steals yeah. and blocks. They, they have, barely lost. They have five more wins than any other team since Thanksgiving. They're no joke. Legit. What's part two? Though, well, that was that was two parts. The cap space part and the signing Miles Bridges part. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, I was mentally preparing for a, a whole nother edition. I thought <laughs> you were going to ask me if uh, John Morant was going to win an MVP before he retires or something. So I'll ask you that then. Cap or no cap, John Morant will win an MVP before he retires, Peter. No cap. I mean, this dude's hungry. Like That, you, that block the other night, bro. I, I was watching it live. I mean, Nuts. I literally jumped. I was... <laughs> what <laughs> did that did that really just happen um yeah i think he will you mentioned the buy-in in memphis i think you look at the mvp narrative matters you have uh Giannis doing it in milwaukee staying there not leaving russ won based off the triple doubles and him staying put after kd left mm-hmm. i think jaw can finish top three like you mentioned in the west here in the next two to three years no doubt and i do i really do buy in the three-point shot off the dribble no one can stay in front of this guy he's just too talented 
I think he still has room to grow into his body, add more weight, become a better defender. Yeah. He can really be a complete player, and they have complementary guys around him that can take the load off him, so we can focus some energy on the other end. Agreed, yes. and having, having a Bane with you in the backcourt who can do it and facilitate, handle the rock, penetrate, create shots right. when need be, and you need some plays off, that's huge. Tyus Jones, you know, we'll see if they keep him around. Brooks, even, they got dudes to help. Um, yeah. And when you factor in, your dad is your biggest hater, and he lives in the same roof as you. I hear his, he lives with his parents in Memphis. I mean, this dude's not going to stop putting the work in and getting better. Hell yeah, no cap. All right, I'm with you on that. My only question, um, two things on it. One, I just get a tiny bit scared with how explosive yes, and high flying he is. Like some of the ankle injuries and stuff. Like I'm just glad that it's it's nothing serious, and I hope there never is one. But that just makes me a tiny bit scared. Other thing with him, if he can get to a point where the three point shot is consistently good enough to just punish people that try to go under, where everyone has to fight over screens on him or switch, dude, he is just going to kill people. Like thirty two a night, <laughs> but he he doesn't need to. Is the thing they're so deep. It's crazy. But yeah, he doesn't need to, but he can, dude. And if he's able to, like, if you're gonna try. If he's able to knock down the open three when you go under and you have to chase him and go over or switch and he's able to get into the paint, that's an automatic bucket every time, whether it's a dunker layup from him or dropping off a dime to Steven Adams or Jaron Jackson or Dylan Brooks making a back cut. He's at a career high in volume and he's shooting almost 38% this year. That's a significant jump from 33.5 and 30.3 his first two years. Definitely. Okay. Third cap or no cap that you've got? The Bulls are a legitimate threat to win the East. No cap. We've talked about this a lot. They've hung in They'll there with some it. of the best teams in the East. Yeah, I think they could actually win it. I think they wow. might have... I think your stance has changed. Yes, we've talked about it, but that is a different answer. Threat to win it? Sure, absolutely. They're one of the top three teams in the East. Are they a favorite to win it? No, it's still going to be Brooklyn and Milwaukee. They're going to be the big-time favorites. But I'll tell you this. If they're healthy at the right time and Brooklyn has an injury in a series or they're playing Milwaukee and Giannis miss a game or misses a game or two, yeah, they could absolutely win the East. Now, I'm not going to pick them, but a threat? Sure. I just – DeRozan, Levine, Lonzo, Vooch, none of those guys have the playoff experience and haven't mm, been there. So DeRozan's I'm DeRozan's been there. What, getting swept by LeBron in the first round? Does that count? <laughs> oh, man. Vooch has been in the playoffs, getting worked by the Bucks in the yeah, bubble. Bounced in the first round? I don't <laughs> I don't take that for much. So threat, no cap, but not going to call them a favorite, not going to pick them or put money on them to win the East. Okay. Last one I've got for you here. Wait, wait. Yeah. One more thing on the Bulls. There's been this Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant trade package that's been floated around? Yes or no? Yeah, I would do it. You'd I was never it. huge on Williams. I would. I think. Now, I don't think it would be a one for one. There'd sure. be some other stuff in there, but you'd do and, it. Like Chicago getting stuff like or having to attach picks with Williams because I think that they would maybe get something like Jeremy Grant and a first-round really pick know. for Williams and another salary that matches up to what they need. It's it's I hard would, because we haven't seen much Williams. He got hurt so early on in the season. Yeah, but my thing is, 
the timeline of that team, everyone's kind of in that like 26 to 31 range for the most part. So having a guy that's super young and Patrick Williams, it just doesn't really match the timeline. And your window is probably going to close in the next few years in terms of DeRozan and Vooch. They're not going to be able to keep playing at that level forever. And I think DeRozan's what, early 30s now? So I'd maybe like 31, 32. I, I just don't see why you would pass it up. I mean, Grant fits that timeline with Levine and all those other guys. So send it. Yeah. DeRozan's 32. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, it, it would be kind of hard to swallow because these fans think he's going to be this young cornerstone. What what do they even think he's going to be, though? Like Draymond Green with a, a better <sighs> offensive game? I don't know. It's it's really so hard to project with him just because we haven't seen much. Yeah. But I think I would take the sure thing. Like, why not see if he'd buy into a slightly lesser role before you make the deal? Because you don't want to come in and screw up the chemistry and everything. But the guy can defend, shoot the three. If he could just be the guy he was with the Nuggets, maybe a little bit more, a few more touches, a little bit more on the offensive end in there, but just kind of play that role where he's a connector, he's a guy that's going to block shots, play good defense, knock down open threes. Every once in a while, go get a bucket, create something if you, you know, if you're into the shot clock and got to pass it to him type thing. Yeah, I think he'd be awesome. Yeah, he is 27. I like to think what 27 Lonzo's 25, 26 Vooch yeah, probably 29, 30. They're all kind of in the late twenties, early thirties range. And then you got Williams at 19 or 20. Vooch is 31. Yeah. I I'd like to think that Grant would buy in and sacrifice a little. I mean, he's been in a few different spots. He got the bag from Detroit. Mm-hmm. You'd go to Chicago and you see Billy Donovan talking about how selfless Levine is, only taking ten shots the other night, deferring to DeRozan. Like, I think he would buy into that, follow that example, and hey, maybe they're a real contender, not just a threat. It would definitely help if they picked up Grant. And other thing for him is you look around at the guys you're playing with. And it's not like you're in Detroit where they're just going to be focused on you when you're on the court. They're going to be worried about what Levine's doing and DeRozan and setting the screen. You're going to get a lot of corner threes and probably shoot a very high percentage from the field. Yeah. All right. What you got for me? Last one. All right. Cap or no cap, the Boston Celtics will trade Jalen Brown this season. Is this the only one that anyone has said cap on? (laughs) Because total cap. 1 million percent cap. Really? I have full belief, 100% certainty. They will not. 100%. That's how I feel right now. Well, they stink. They're going to probably miss the playoffs. Like, what What are you doing? You got two young all-stars that are under 25, and you can't make the playoffs, and you stunk last year. You got an eight seed, seven seed, whatever the hell it was. Like, what? Are you just going to sit on them forever and never make the playoffs or do anything i think they will wait to the off season if they were to make a move it doesn't sound like the sixers are any closer to dealing ben simmons yeah and when you look at these two players they're both so young we talk about 27 being that magic number where things just turn on for guys where they hit their prime where they go to the finals tatum's 23 Brown's 25. 
I'm not rushing it. When you have two stars of that caliber, it just you got to keep them work, around though. as long as you can. We're on what, like season four of them now? And they had the, the one year in the East that was awesome when they were both super young with Rozier and those guys that has kind of proven to be an outlier. And since then, they've just been lucky to squeak their way into the playoffs and try not to get bounced first round. I just don't, I don't buy him. I mean, I guess the bubble, they kind of like what put up a fight against Miami and the second round, but I don't buy him, man. I just think that they're both kind of ISO guys that don't create for others and they're high volume and they just don't complement each other. Oh, as an, as a fan, I want them to trade one of these guys ASAP. I think they're disgusting to watch. <laughs> Marcus bad. smart publicly complains about how they don't, pass the ball, move it around. It's the furthest thing from what we've seen in Chicago this year that I don't know what these guys are watching. Jalen Brown also seems, while he's a very thoughtful guy, he's quite a bit volatile, body language, attitude, everything. I don't think he brings it uh, at the same level every single night. Man, I think I'd have a bad attitude if I had to watch Tatum chuck up 29 shots when he's shooting 39% from the field. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't sour think on Tatum. It. I sour on Tatum more and more every season, too. every month. And I'm starting to think that Brown's the guy now, and maybe they should look into trading Tatum, but that's not what's being floated all the rumors. And if they make a move, it would be Jalen. That's the noise now. Yeah. Um, Brad Stevens really needs to flip a switch, make a move change things up because it needs to start coaching again. I think that'd be their best bet. Well, not only that, I think you have to look at some of the draft picks Ainge made late in his tenure there. I mean, they missed pick after pick teams are gobbling up good players with those early lottery teens picks and they just screwed it up over and over and over. I mean, they did good getting Tatum and Brown, but after that, it's been kind of a Well, it's wasteland. a bit harder to screw up when you're up there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Tatum was, what, three, and Brown was four or five? Three. I think they were three. both oh, three. Oh, they were both three? Okay. And then, I mean, since then, yeah, Robert Williams, he's been, ah, eh, Langford. I like eh. Robert Williams. Langford, Neesmith, I kind of like Langford. Pritchard. Neesmith's had moments. Pritchard's I, had moments. They're, they're all okay, but right. you can't really trust any of them in a playoff series. And they do not show any trust in them. I think that's part of the issue. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't know. I think Brad Stevens moving to the front office was just Weird. the wrong move. The wrong move. If that guy was going to stay with the organization, he stood, should have stayed as a head coach. I mean, that, that's what he's done his whole life and what he's great at. I just... just yeah, I don't. Boston's in trouble. I need a break from the stress of coaching. Now let me stressfully <laughs> trade the players that I just coach. Like, yeah, and, ruin and have weird conflicts of interest and relationships. Yeah, just a weird freaking deal. I don't want a fresh start with another team if I was going to move into a position like that. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I thought maybe we just look at the standings real quick. What's jumped out to you? Raptors making a push? Uh, I don't know if they get everyone healthy for an extended period of time, maybe, but looking at the West, I feel like it's a three horse race and it's probably going to be the Warriors and the Suns in the Western conference finals. The jazz could maybe finally figure it out in the playoffs and make a little bit of noise. And then only other teams that I would be scared of would be Memphis. And then 
maybe the Lakers if they get it together. But ah, I mean, LeBron's looked really good the last three weeks to a month. And there's games where he'll go 16 for 23 from the field with 38 points and nine rebounds and seven assists. And then Westbrook's two of 15 with five boards and five assists and four turnovers. Yeah, I think there's a top tier with Phoenix, Golden State, Utah. There's a second tier with Memphis, Dallas, and the Lakers. And I don't really consider the Nuggets because I think their roster is just too depleted for them to have a chance this year. They were painful to watch last night, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so that's that's how I'd put it. Like Memphis, Dallas, LA, I do think Every single one of those teams could get out of the first round, but I'm not sold on it. I'm ready to give up on Dallas. I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. Brunson's made a great leap, but everyone else there, it's the same damn thing. You've got a yeah. bunch of guys just standing around watching Luca, and none of them are, none of them are good shot creators. It's, none of them are amazing defenders. It's just, bleh. it's a lot like Boston. You look at the roster, ask, how do you improve it? And the only option is, Usually something you don't want to do. Yep. Yep. That is very accurate. And then looking at the East, I feel like it's kind of similar. I think you've got Brooklyn and Milwaukee at the top. And then behind them, you've got the Bulls. I think they're almost in a little bit of a tier by themselves. And then the Heat and 76ers are there also. And then after them, it turns to the long shots, the Cavs, the Hornets, the Raptors, the Wizards, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Hawks all those 500 teams that are just kind of there. Yeah, I'd put the Cavs, Hornets, Raptors there. And then, man, my Hawks are letting me down. They've been really injured. Yeah, they stunk. They're just pathetic on defense. They did not bring what they got in the playoffs to this season. Really don't know what's going on there other than injuries. But hey, everybody is dealing with guys in and out of their lineup. So, yeah, I think really part no of it's excuses. injuries. And I think it's combined with the fact that they are so deep and have so many guys. And it's a new lineup every single night where sometimes if you do have those injuries, okay, our rotation just gets a little bit shorter. And some of our bench guys get a little bit more minutes in a bigger role. And they get that better chemistry and that better flow with the starters. Whereas with Atlanta, they've got like 14 different guys that can all give you quality minutes. And each night, different dudes are getting run and different people out with injury. And Cam Reddish starting and then Hunter starting and then Herder starting and it's just a, a revolving door there. I don't think they have any consistency. And then the one staple that's always out there in Trey, he doesn't play any defense. <laughs> and he's someone you can kind of go after. Like he's awesome on the offensive side of the ball and has had some really good performances and pretty good statistics so far this year. But you can attack him. You can go after him in the pick and roll. You can get him switched onto anyone you want and just post him up and make him get a double and then hit the open man. I really would like to see Ben Simmons there. That would be pretty cool. Ben Simmons and Trey Young would be a nice backcourt, and I think they would complement each other very nicely. Yeah, and I actually think it would work well if they kept John Collins with that setup. You could play small with Simmons at the five. Collins so you can do, space the floor. You do like Reddish and Herder and like picks? Reddish and Herder or... Is Reddish and Hunter too much? 
I don't. Uh, yeah, if I, I had so. to, if I can keep Collins. Well, then again, Simmons does a lot of the stuff that Hunter does well. Simmons does it also, other than shoot the ball. Right. I mean, if I can keep one of Herder or Reddish, ideally, I think I would jump all over this. Hell, yeah, just keep one of the three. Just keep one of those three guys, and I think it'd be worth it. Yeah. I mean, throw in Bogdan if you have to. Like, Ooh, now that's where it gets interesting. So maybe you base it around Bogdan and then one other. So you do Bogdan and then either Herder or Reddish. And maybe you don't even have to picks. attach more than just like one first round pick. Maybe throw in one first and a couple seconds. A pick swap, maybe. I think that would get it done. <laughs> Daryl Morey would like that shooting. That's for I think sure. You could, uh, let's call that in. I think that actually could happen. Hey. I think they're a team that needs to consolidate and they have pieces that Philly could use if Daryl Morey would just simmer down on the top 25 player thing. Yeah, I mean, they're 17 and 23. They're a couple more losses away from being in the danger zone and having to press the panic button. We're halfway through the season at this point. Right. And they suck. They suck. They suck. All right, real talk. You finished succession. I did. And I made a grave mistake of not looking at how many episodes were in the last season before watching. There'd been 10 in every season. I'm on episode nine and it is heating the heck up. I'm like, oh man, I cannot wait for the season finale. I saved (laughs) it for the weekend. I saved nine and 10 for my weekend. I go to start 10 and there's no episode 10. And I realized that I just watched the season finale and I was hurt. It was great, but I was hurt. So did you end up liking Tom? I still don't like Tom, but I like the fact that he screwed Shiv over because she sucks. After watching the whole third season, she was my least favorite character. So seeing Tom screw her and not in that sense, like screw her over, very happy. Yeah, good clarification. Um, They are married. so Yeah, I know. She seems to just always be up in other people's business, like. She reminds me of a person I used to know that uh, tough to get along with. (laughs) I know who you're speaking of. (laughs) Um, All right. You seen anything else? What have you Uh, moved on to? I started your show kind of regretfully, uh, Emily (laughs) in Paris. It's like like New Girl, the level of cringiness and kind of awkward, but it's uh, like kind of entertaining i don't know how to explain it like (laughs) yeah i'm not super thrilled with the show or anything but like i'll put it on and the next thing i know i blink and it's like damn i really just watched three episodes of that i'm saying dude that's just how it works did you finish have you finished season one i think i did last night yeah wow i mean gabrielle yeah is that the end of it when that happened i mean restaurant oh yeah yeah he gets he gets uh financial backing yeah from the other guy that she works with that's trying to get in her pants antoine antoine yeah yeah so, i think that's so the now, last one i watched so now i started he's... it like tuesday no monday or tuesday okay no 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 no. it's only wednesday hold on you started it sunday you sent me a snapchat yep that's right because i was hey. trying to finish succession and had to move on to something full season in three days that's pretty good i know you were right you were right, but it's only 30 minute episodes. You know, it's, it's like I watch three of that and it's damn near one succession episode. Yeah. Very easy to fly through. All right. Anything new that you've been on? Yep. I got a movie and a show. Let's start with the show. Euphoria. Have you been watching? I think I'm on season five of the 
first or episode five of the first season. And damn, uh, I'm, I'm in and out like for 20 minutes. I'll be in like, damn, this is really interesting. And then something will happen. And I'll be like, all right, this is kind of weird. Oh, it's one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. And not, not that the stuff that happens is weird because like I get it, it's real life. Like that shit really does happen. But the <laughs> fact that like some of these people are supposed to be like 14 and they're like doing all kinds of crazy shit, chain smoking cigarettes and making $10,000 drug deals and like it, just hooking up with their teachers and just, ah, it yeah. was, it was a lot. I mean, Twitter has been, I know, incredible with the euphoria memes, the crazy how a bunch of 25 year olds are still in high school doing this stuff and all that yeah yeah it was like how to be someone from euphoria look like you're 18 when you're 27 uh lunch drugs after lunch more drugs just like stupid um well i guess i can't talk about i can't talk about the new season yet so episode one came out right episode one came out sunday night eight o'clock central one to ten, what do you give it? Ten being a slapper, obviously. All right. First off, when you rank things one to ten, you can't let people choose seven. I'm going to go nine. Okay. Why can't you choose seven? Because when normally when you ask someone this, they, they're they going to say seven because it's a real wishy-washy answer. Eight is like, oh, Man, wow, I'm, I'm usually good. a zero or one or a nine or ten if that tells you anything about me. <laughs> All right, well, I think it was a nine. It was okay. awesome. Um, uh, Fez, the yes, the drug dealer, right? It's supposed to be a lot about him, wasn't yeah. it? I think I saw a trailer, uh, like hyping it up, and I, I stopped it like 30 seconds in because I was like, uh, just in case we finish okay. it, don't want to spoil. But right, like a lot of the episodes teach you about someone's backstory. Yeah, I was watching the one about uh, her friend with the blonde hair. Um, Cassie. Jules, Jules, Jules. Yeah, that and that episode was a lot. Yes, <laughs> a lot. Um, but yeah, season or season two, episode one was about Fez, and it was just it makes all the more sense now. Oh, so they're still doing that in season two, like given the episodes kind of focused on one person from their perspective, point of view was Zendaya narrating. Yeah. And it Damn, makes so is every single episode like that then in season one? I don't one? think so. I don't think so. Maybe I will watch some of it tonight. It was really cool. And I mean, completely over the top like all the others. No way these people are in high school. Movie though. I yeah. watched The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I watched that probably like two months ago. Pretty good. So good. Yeah, pretty darn solid. Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara. Fun fact, did you know her uncle is John Mara, the owner of the Giants? What? Yes. The girl with all the tattoos and piercings? Yes. What the hell? The, no, I did not the know The hacker. That. Yep. And Why? she is married to Walkin' Phoenix. Weird. Yeah, Are you dude. sure she's not married to Skrillex? Uh, nope, she's not. But yeah, I went to NYU. I was like on her Wikipedia. And I was like, wait, what? Does she look like what she did in the movie in real life or were a lot of like the piercings and tattoos and stuff was that like part of all of it was fake well actually i did read that she got some piercings for the movie but she doesn't wear all that okay i thought looks what she looked like i'd never seen her in anything else but that movie give it a google here in a second does not look like her at all okay that probably changed my perspective then 
Yeah, uh, but I thought that movie was awesome. Like it huge. won all those awards when it came out in what, like late two thousands. Um, yeah, I think so. And based on a, a best selling novel, 20, also right, uh, early twenty tens. Apparently, the author was a G Phi at KU. Fun fact. Just throwing wow. them out today. Interesting. You gonna make some <laughs> connections there? No idea how old she is, but if you don't know what it's about, he. Daniel Craig is a Swedish journalist, gets uh, in trouble for not using the best sources, big wig, businessman, comes after him, loses all his money, and he has to find a creative way to make it back, and the rest is history. No more spoilers. Yeah, it was was good, but long. It was like two and a half hours, right? I'm trying to think of everything that happened. I watched it late at night, and I didn't retain as much as I wish I would have in retrospect because I'm Ooh. trying to I'm trying to piece it all together in my head of what happened, but I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, you know. Yeah, I mean, how does it end? Fuck it, let's spoil it. Turn it off now. Oh, okay. Watch Spoiler watch. So, her and Daniel Craig figure mm-hmm. out who is responsible for the serial killings. Okay. They figure out it is the CEO brother. Because they do all the digging from the photographs where she's like seeing someone across the street. She sees her brother with the patch on his thing. And then they tied the patch back to a school that he went to, supposedly. Oh, okay. It's kind of coming back. It's kind of coming back. Didn't Daniel Craig and the, the girl with the dragon tattoo, didn't they get it on at one point And were like, <laughs> oh, that was the detail you were missing. Yes, they did. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's coming back. He all was right. all stressed out, and she like it was like in a down. hotel room while smoking it was, cigarettes. It was or at something. the like place they were at on their compound, like doing their research. And he's give like, another watch. You, you need to chill out or whatever. And then they get it on. Oh yeah, and, and she's she like, just went crazy. I like working with you. <laughs> yeah, and she walked outside and smoked a cigarette and left. Yeah, it's so funny. She's a beast character. Um. But he like runs after Martin or he goes to his house to like look around in it. Martin comes home and catches him. He locks him down in his basement. And he's like hanging him with the bag over his head. He's going to kill him. And then she comes in with the golf club and goes Elon Nordegren on him. Was she on a motorcycle when she came in? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Smacks okay. him with the golf club, and he drives off under his own power and gets into a wreck because they, they like, did something. They chased him down, and he got into a wreck, but yeah. Okay. Crazy. Well, if you haven't watched it, now you don't need to. We just told you everything that happens. <laughs> All right, well, nobody is listening now because we just spoiled the movie, so we better get out of here. Yeah, let's do it. We'll be back next week. We'll probably have some more hoops, some more football, I'm sure. And uh, let's go Bengals. Heavily invested at this point. Let's go Cowboys. Let's go Chiefs. Peace.